Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I just want you to know, Connor, that when Jay Croucher said it was deep lips sending to watch people eat popcorn, <laughs> he's got an hour of it now. Yes. Oh, this is an his worst nightmare. So, I mean, behind the scenes, Jay and I got on a call very, very early, and the first thing our producer Adam told us was this popcorn idea. And Jay and I What's better? kind of both side. <laughs> yeah. oh, What's well, better, watching me eat popcorn? Or just get hammered on Dollaritas. Yeah. Well, I've heard the Dollaritas. The Dollaritas. Yeah, there's more room for company there. I'm not sure it'll be outside Penn State, Blake, go give me a Dollarita. <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jake Croucher, no coincidence, no Penn State Blake in the house today. No first State, thing I noticed. No Penn State Blake, first thing I noticed, no popcorn. Right, they Honestly, go hand in hand. They go hand no in dollaritas. hand. No dollaritas. No dollaritas? They both yes. had enough of you. <laughs> Penn State Blake and popcorn, they've had <laughs> yes. enough of you. Rightfully so. This is the worst Thursday ever, <laughs> just so you know. I need them both. Uh, what are you going to do? What are you, what are you going to do? It's going to turn for the better because it's love-hate day. It is love-hate day. We love love-hate. Columns hate. in. Columns in. No uh, intro this week. No intro this week. Wow. Yeah, that was, I didn't know. <laughs> Whatever. No, no, no. This is a th- thanks for reading the column, obviously. You animals. Is it published no. yet? <laughs> yeah, no, but no, the morons. You, no, last week, last week I did a whole open about the fact that there's not going to be an open this week. I've been uh, talking about, like, not wanting to write it as much or not write it at all, honestly. And so <laughs> one of the, no, one of the conversations, seriously, it's all in the column. Go back and read for the. Well, we hear it from some you all the time. <laughs> some teammates I get. I yeah. see you uh, six days a week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. in, in real life form. <laughs> I cannot deal with written form every week as no, well. No, so you we should. Someone, hey, Stephen, make this part of Jay's show prep. So you have to re- <laughs> he has to read the damn column. Uh, it, I just, yeah, and you have to read it too, Stephen. Look, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I, um, it, it was suggested to me by NBC that maybe one way to ease the work burden on me was not write the intro, the long story about me or whatever. The long story that isn't about fantasy football, That's not right? the best part of the I was going to say, that's, that's, gonna, well, that's the argument. Get some people going. That's the argument. That's what people love. That's what, yeah. like, I mean, again, what Nicole, the woman, her and uh, <laughs> right. I think her husband, Ben, that we met at, uh, in Philadelphia, like met through the comm or whatever. And so that's my argument is, is that, like, I'm like, the conversation is basically this. I'd like to get rid of love hate. I'm kind of done writing it. I've been doing it for. 20, I've had a term paper due every week for 24 years. I'm kind of done. And NBC is like, it's like it's super popular and a lot of people read it, and we'd really like to keep it. And I'm like, but it's killing me. It takes me a lot of time to do it. And NBC is like, well, what if you don't write the open? And I'm like, well, 
if I don't write the open, then it's not love hate. Then it's just then it's a start sitcom, and then like and there's a million of those, and any blah blah blah. And anyway, so we had this really good conversation, and NBC is very sympathetic to you know my desires, but also like you know it's a business, right? And I mean the the you know God bless and thank you very much. It's very very popular. It drives a tremendous amount of traffic to the the site, and there's obviously a lot of digital extensions to the column including this show, right? We have a whole love-hate show today, which is what we're doing. And, and so there's digital videos and there, anyway, there's a lot, there's a, it's not just a column. It's a, it's a whole business ecosystem around love-hate. And so the argument was, well, maybe we, let's just try it once without the open. Cause maybe people, we think the open's uh-huh. great, but maybe everyone's just like, Barry, shut up and get to it. Which I've definitely heard that feedback from some people too. Right, which is including my producer right now. Cause he'd like us to talk about players. <laughs> So I just, anyway, so the point was today's column has no open and we're going to sort of see what the traffic is. Mm. And if the traffic dropped, so I gave people a heads up next week, no intro. And if the traffic drops significantly, they will know, oh, people love the open. If the traffic's the same, then maybe I can get away with doing no opens. You know what I, I, you know what I reckon you do? You, you get Barry on a pitch count. It's like yeah. Max Scherzer in the World Series. Mm. So what you do is you either, you'd only do the open like once every four weeks and you do that, or what I would do is I would keep the open, and your love-hate is just two guys. One love, one hate, each week. <laughs> right. It's just like a weekly ride or die. And then everyone would be like, oh, Barry loved Gabe Davis this week, and he got zero receptions or whatever, and that's the thing. I, it's riskier, I, but... I, I really like that idea, i got to be honest. Maybe I could do it for one per co- position. Yeah. But I just, I don't know, I, uh, I feel like then, then all of a sudden, then it's just, then it's just a column. Then it's an essay. Essay that you know has nothing to do with actual fantasy football. I when think I, when though, there's like when there's two thousand words about me and my daughters, and yeah. then there's like six words about players. Yeah, you know, yeah, that it's, yeah, yeah, it's a little it's a little bit bad. But yeah, maybe a pitch count there in terms of maybe doing load it, management, uh, no. load Veter- management, veterans rest, yep. D- exactly. a DNP on Tuesday. Just ever, not do a, co- a open every single week, and uh, you know well, anyway. You, what you are, know, a guy who has been on a pitch count this season is Tyreek Hill, Connor. Wow. He has, yeah. and it feels like that has kind of finally hit the fan as we get into our roto world player news of course Mm. excellent transition jay to the injuries we are tracking throughout the week into the weekend and i think as you see the long list here kyler murray practicing full doesn't mean he's going to play but as his practice window has been activated that 21 day period he's now practicing in full Bijan robinson practicing full miles sanders and roshan johnson the same so running backs getting healthy dk metcalf still limited kenneth walker it was a DNP with a calf. Raheem Mostert, that one seems somewhat significant, did not practice. Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill, as we'll get to in a second, TJ Hawkinson. And with Tyreek Hill, this quote from Tua was kind of interesting. If we couldn't have Tyreek, that would be tough, but the show goes on. You've got to continue to play. And somewhere down the line, we're going to get Tyreek back. And it has to be one of those things where you never lift your foot off the gas and you don't lose that rhythm as a team or as a unit. This is an interesting one because I think the the real the buzz line out of that was somewhere down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyreek back, which I don't know. Maybe it's been taken out of context. Maybe it's taken in context. And the Miami team doctors they drink free with dealing yes, with uh, please, Raheem Mostert. Please, and Tyreek by all means, just just get Tyreek Hill and Raheem Mostert back out there on Sunday, and you know, booze on us here and at H-Chan the happy hour. And, and Devon Achan is actually we make sure you know we keep two upright as well. Um, yeah, it, so anyway, the, the press conference, it, that was the one phrase down the line that got taken, I don't want to say it got taken out of context, but that's the one that got blown up on Twitter, yep. and people are concerned, obviously, given, you know, 
Tyreek Hill is fast, and anytime you're dealing with hips or hamstrings or anything like that with a fast player, you suddenly go, uh-oh. But I do think if you watch the whole press conference, it is taken a little bit out of context because Tua is talking about like, one, Tua is just kind of rambling a little yeah, bit yeah, and yeah, just right. saying stuff he and it just kind sometimes. of comes out. But what he's saying is that, look, if we don't have Tyreek, then there are other guys who can step up and we'll get Tyreek back at some point where it's like, well, the some point might be on Sunday. This Sunday, right, right. Or it might be two weeks away. I would say my best guess is that he's probably not going to play this week, but it's not going to be long-term. But we just don't know with hips. Because think about what happened to Jamar Chase last year, where he has the hip, and then he's just out a month, randomly, out of nowhere. So it could be that. It also could be nothing. Uh, but I don't think there's any real clarity at the moment. Yeah, I think the important thing, we're not going to talk about, if and when we find out Tyreek Hill isn't going to play this week, we will have that conversation, whether it's, whether it's on tomorrow's show or on Fantasy Football Pregame Sunday morning, 11 a.m. on Peacock and the NFL and NBC YouTube channel, I'm a company man. Uh, for now, just want to give you guys a heads up. There's a chance, and we can't tell you if it's 10% or 90%, but there is a chance you don't have Tyreek Hill this weekend. Same with Raheem Mostert, who missed Wednesday's practice. That doesn't feel as serious. It may be just kind of a veteran rest day, given his um, extensive injury history throughout his career, but just something to keep an eye on, obviously. Yep. Uh, the only thing that really makes me nervous about Raheem Mostert is I dropped a ton of money on him in a guillotine league, so he's probably not going to play, just knowing, you know... Uh, how those things go. Yeah, knowing how those things go. Yeah. Just last one of this, too, is that the line was 10.5, Dolphins' favorite home to the Patriots. Now it's trending towards 8.5. So the market thinks there is some concern that particularly Tyreek, he may miss. It's wild to think a wide receiver, and I'm, I don't disagree, a wide receiver can move things almost two points. He is the most he's, valuable non-quarterback in the league. It's like him, Parsons, Garrett. Like yeah. He's the most valuable wide receiver in the league, along with Justin Jefferson. And, and I don't want to get down, but if you want a rabbit hole to go down to, last night on Twitter, uh, somebody who does analytics for ESPN tweeted out the fact that he didn't think that Tyreek Hill is... Yeah. Just, just basically, he just basically said Tyreek Hill is like not he's like, like the 16th best wide receiver. Football. Here's the thing: is if you have right. a model that says Tyreek's the 16th best wide receiver, <laughs> time to start again. Time right. to start again. He Let's create a model where he stops. Wide yeah. receiver model around yards up to catch, and I'm not doing justice to the whole conversation. It's a whole long big Twitter thing, but in essence, basically, it, like it, the argument was, well, Tyreek Hill's a one-trick pony because all he has is speed, and so he's only the 16th best wide receiver yeah. or something like that. And it was like, like, yeah, but that's the whole. I mean, like, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is one-trick. Pony is just awesome at quarterback. It is anyway. Um, uh, people on Twitter uh, express their displeasure with that particular take. Um, anyway, if you want to go down a whole rabbit hole, that's a it's a fascinating thing. But yes, I agree with you that like if your model says Tyree Kill is not like one of the best wide receivers in football. Yeah. The model, it doesn't work. Yeah, let's change it. Some yeah. other news we got after yesterday's show. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy has entered the league's concussion protocol, and we got to hear from Kyle Shanahan on the status of Purdy. And, of course, Sam Darnold expected to start. Started getting symptoms on the plane. Uh, so we found, found that out when I, we landed. We were all pretty asleep, but then he got all checked up today, and I was, or yesterday, and now he's in the protocol. Does he have enough time to clear protocol? in order to be available for the game on Sunday? Oh, yeah, he does have enough time. Just, just got to go through the process. When you watch the film, where do you think he hurt himself? The quarterback sneaks, maybe? Uh, possibly. Uh, we're not, we don't know for sure because um, he didn't start getting into the plane, so I don't know exactly, but I'd probably guess that. He's not clear by Friday. Would you say he hasn't practiced? So, uh, you know, does, do you do that? Or? No, I mean... Brock didn't take a practice drive versus um, Seattle on Thursday night football till pregame warm-ups, and they had to shut those down a little bit too. So he didn't really get a real rep that week till play one, and he played pretty good. So we'll probably stick with that. 
And this is the expected play where Brock Purdy potentially suffered a concussion on a quarterback sneak here, guys, if you're watching. Yep, and then after that, performance tailed off completely. Who knows if that is the cause of that. Uh, But we'll just have to see if he can go. Obviously, the short turnaround hurts his chances of playing. And and if you're not watching, if you're just listening, so, uh, yeah, the the, the tweet basically says that basically after that play – his stats were brutal. He had the, you know, I think he was two for six for two picks. Two with the with the two picks, you know, yeah. So, anyway, the, both interceptions came after that play. So, anyway, we hope Brock Purdy gets better soon. If Sam Darnold does get the start, like I think he'd be a viable kind of mid-tier QB too. Like you know, playing Cincinnati doesn't totally uh, scare you against uh, you know the Bengals. Bengals coming off a bye, of course, but they're the 17th best pass defense over the last four weeks as well. Darnold's been in that system since the beginning of camp. They obviously have a lot of weapons. Debo won't be there uh, on Sunday. But, you know, I think you could do worse as a bye week fill-in, even though there's no teams on a bye. But, I mean, you know what I mean? Down the road. Right, right, down the road. You could could be worse. You could do worse than uh, Sam Darnold, who's available in like 89% of leagues. Like, like I'd prefer Sam Darnold to P.J. Walker. I'd prefer Sam Darnold to Will Levis. Like, again, if you're in a deep league, you're in two-quarter week league. What? What about Jordan Love? Yeah, I mean right? Jordan Love's brutal. I mean Jordan Love has been Jordan Love has been bad. No like, good. listen, if you're thinking about starting Baker Mayfield tonight, like I'd prefer yeah. I'd prefer Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield. Now you may have to make that choice from to like Bryce Young. You know, what I mean, like anyway. So yeah, and the line has moved from Niners minus five and a half to now trending towards Niners minus three. Which some people said, oh, Brock Purdy's only worth two and a half points. Like, Sam Darnold's a really good backup quarterback, and moving to three is a big move. So I think the market respects, respects Brock Purdy uh, and thinks he's pretty good. But uh, we will see if he does go. Our last bit of player news, of course, Thursday night football injuries that we are tracking. We talked about Baker Mayfield, so we'll start there. He's questionable with the status of his knee. Chris Godwin is also questionable with the neck injury. On the Bills side of things, Dawson Knox is out with the wrist injury. That's going to be the case going forward for a little bit here. And then Quentin Morris is out with an ankle injury. So we'll keep an eye on the Bucks' offense. This should be this should be a big Dalton Kincaid game as well. Uh, so Baker Mayfield's expected to play, as is Godwin. I, I think uh, Dawson Knox is the only starter that we don't expect to see tonight. You mentioned Morris as well, obviously, you know, third-string yeah. tight end. But anyway, this should be – we saw signs of it last week. This should be a big Dalton Kincaid game tonight. And the last thing is just to clean up the Sam Darnold thing. If he does start, we'll get more into this tomorrow so we get more uh, news. But if for some reason Sam Darnold started, I'd still be – I'd have no worries about starting. Kittle, Ayuk, McCaffrey, any of the normal 49ers you would start, I'm still starting with Sam Darnold under center. And we will preview Thursday Night Football with our best bets at the end of the show. But before we do that, let's get into love, hate, as yes. promised. We start with the no running intro. backs. No intro. We're just, just players. Just cold turkey. <laughs> cold turkey. Just, just diving right, right in. into it. All yeah. right, let's do it. Jameer Gibbs, he's got the Raiders, Jay. And listen, the story with Jameer Gibbs, as we've talked about, is when David Montgomery is out, he gets the volume, and he's had success with that volume. Yeah, he has. And two kind of strange games when David Montgomery was out where Gibbs against Atlanta didn't have a massive, massive game, but did get the volume. And then against the Ravens in a game that was a total blowout, he did get the work. Uh, the, he's, he has such a high floor because of the passing game work and when he's getting the carries, when he's getting 15, 17 carries. And he only got 11 against the Ravens because they were down 21 nothing by the time they ran their seventh play on offense. But, yeah, I think he is a top 10 running back without question this week, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, look, we like the work ro- workload without Dave Montgomery. He doesn't play. And it's a good matchup against the Raiders as well, right? 
135 scrimmage yards per game to running backs. That's what the Raiders give up. This game is on the turf in Detroit, which should also benefit Gibbs, who not only got, you know, 83% of the running back touches last week, he also got a 20% target share. So as we've talked about, no Montgomery, give me all the Gibbs on national stage, the Jameer Gibbs we all drafted should be, uh, should once again happen this week. He's my running back five, as you see it there on your screen. RB5 for Barry, and right behind him, as you see it there, Alvin Kamara, RB6, also makes the love list, Barry. You want to talk about volume. Kamara, especially in the pass game, is getting all of it. Yeah, Derek Carr can't throw downfield with any sort of accuracy. So he's just dinking and dunking his way to making Alvin Kamara the greatest running back in the history of football, apparently. 26 touches a game. 24 touches in every game since returning. 24% target share, which leads all running backs in targets and receptions this season. He missed three games. And yet, Alvin Kamara leads the NFL in targets and receptions. Uh, which is just insane. Running backs have gotten at least 20 touches against the Colts this season, averaging over 24 fantasy points per game. Yes, America's Ponzi scheme continues. Alvin Kamara and, receptions. Like it's ugly, and it shouldn't be right, and it's, it's, it's what's wrong with fantasy football, but <laughs> don't hate the player, hate the game. This is the game we've chosen to play. This is the life we've chosen. Alvin Kamara is my running back six this week, guys. And to be fair to Kamara, even with the Ponzi scheme, he does look more explosive than he yeah, has he looks in better. a couple of years. Yeah, he looks better, looks healthier. Maybe just give him three games off to start the year every year. <laughs> just yeah. saying. Comes in fresh, ready yeah. to roll. All right, Isaiah Pacheco is our next running back on the list. He comes in as a top ten running back in Barry's rankings this week. JSRB8 Pacheco is the guy in the Kansas City backfield. We haven't seen much of McKinnon. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and the lead back in Kansas City's offense. Good things bound to happen, especially when you got Denver on tap. Yeah, indeed. And look, he didn't have a huge game on the ground against the Chargers last weekend, but the Chargers quietly have a top-five rush defense. Much easier matchup against Denver. When he played them last time, he went 16 for 62, also had six receptions. And I think even though he didn't have a good game against the Chargers for relative to expectations, I think it's a great sign that he still was able to get 60 scrimmage yards, four receptions, and a touchdown. He's just so clearly the guy in that backfield now. Uh, and the Chiefs offense, the main thing is they look like they're finally clicking. That was their best offensive performance of the year against uh, the Chargers. Barry, our last running back here. It's the battle for MetLife. Giants, Jets, and you got Brees Hall who checks in as RB11. Brees has been a big play machine this year. And now the Jets have said, listen, there's no work limit on him. Dalvin no. Cook hasn't been good. Michael Carter hasn't been good. Brees is healthy, and this is his backfield. To be clear, the Jets haven't publicly come out and said that. They haven't come out and said, look, Dalvin Cook isn't any good. Michael Carter isn't good. any good. We're <laughs> they've shown it, though, with you. They, you're right, exactly. No, done, if you read between the lines, it's there. when you yeah. see Carter and Cook just standing on the sideline holding their helmet for the entire game, then you sort of know. But I just, just want to be clear. You're like, the, hey, they've come out and said there's no training wheels anymore on Brees Hall. You know, no pitch count. He's getting the full workload. They're off the bye here against their crosstown rivals. It is the battle of the, the soul for South Jersey. There we right. go. Exactly. Not South Jersey. No, no, no. North, North. North Jersey, whatever it is. <laughs> we, don't claim, we don't claim South Jersey. That's, right. that's Penn State Blake territory. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Exactly. All right, fine. Jersey. Uh, whatever. I failed uh, geography, but here's what I didn't fail. Starting good running backs in fantasy football, which is what Brees Hall is. 42 touches over the last two games, 68% of the snaps the last game we saw Brees Hall play. And now he should, so he should get a massive workload against the Giants. Running backs have gotten at least 15 touches against the New York football Giants, averaging almost 19 fantasy points per game. And so New York, who's a bottom three defense in terms of rush yards and yards per carry allowed to running backs, should give it up for Brees Hall. So um, easy Breesy. 
just kind of I'm, yeah. I'm workshopping that right. one. What do yeah. you think? Yeah. Well, it might catch on. It's kind of easy breezy. I'll, I'll try yeah. it on Jets pregame and attribute yeah. it to you. Could you? Yeah, I would we'll appreciate that. The he's my running, back, he's my running back 11. Yeah, yeah. A lot of scope to improve from that, Matthew. So a lot of uh, way to go up uh, with easy breezy. Uh, so Brees Hall's rushing prop the past few weeks has been set in like mid 40s, low 50s. This week it's almost 70. Wow. So the market definitely agrees that this is. Easy Breezy's backfield now. Thank you. Yeah. See, it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Well, it doesn't roll. No, it's Australian roll. accent. Breezy. You can't take, don't, not with the Z, with the C. Uh, easy, easy Breezy. breezy. Okay. Yeah. Easy breezy. Scope for me to improve. Too. Yes. Uh, d- exactly. How about some others receiving votes here? A uh, com- combination of Ramondre Stevenson, Rashad White on Thursday night football against Oof. a Buffalo defense that has dealing with a lot of injuries. Gus Edwards against Arizona sneaks into the top 25 backs. And then Motor Singletary right at RB30 because he's got the Panthers. So, look, uh, look, Rashad White, I don't love – by the way, give me the under on his rushing prop here. But how about the receiving game? That's why you're excited about Rashad White. Five straight games with a double-digit target share and three or more receptions. There are significant underdogs in this game. The Buccaneers are as well. Ramondre Stevenson talking about um, passing game running backs in games where they're underdogs. Patriots are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs this week. 20% target share for Ramondre Stevens in the last two weeks. Feels like he's finally starting to get back involved in the passing game here. Cardinals allow the fifth most rushing yards per game to running backs, which is why Gus Edwards comes in at running back 24. And then you mentioned Motor Singletary. A season highs in touches and snap rate last week. Feels like at very worst, this is a committee. At best, he's the starting running back, not Damian Pierce. Either way, you love the matchup against the Carolina Panthers defense. That is uh, not so good. Not so good. Let's move over to the hate list. Bottom, for, bottom three run defense over the last month. Not ideal. The hate not list ideal. for running backs Hashtag not ideal. is kicked off by Joe Mixon. Jay, he makes it as a top 20 running back for Barry by default, RB18. But they're at San Francisco this week. Yeah, that San Francisco run defense hasn't been as imposing as it was last year. Alexander Madison looked the most spry that he's looked mm-hmm. all season. So... Uh, the matchup is a bit easier than in perhaps years past, but at the same time, like Mixon is averaging 3.8 yards per carry. He's really living off that five-touchdown game against Carolina. You take that out, and the, past, the stats the past couple of years don't look great, and you would expect that the Niners, after they were kind of embarrassed by the Vikings a little bit, that they will bounce back in a game they may have to win with their defense. That, that's the thing. While the, the Niners' defense may be resting on its laurels and its reputation a little bit, so is Joe Mixon. Uh, I mean, who is 50th. There's 50 57 qualified running backs in fantasy points per touch this year. Mixon is 50th. He is 50th out of 57 qualified running backs in fantasy points per touch. Like, you're you're banking on, or if you start him, you're hoping for massive volume, which he should get, and that he falls into the end zone, which who knows. To your point about the 3.5 yards per carry in three of his past four games, again, hasn't been efficient at all. And yes, the Niners' defense maybe isn't, like, elite, oh my God, but it's still pretty good. They allow the fifth fewest rushing yards per game to opposing running backs. Yep, agreed. I do think the as well the Bengals they should be able to have more success through the air. The sneaky thing with the Niners and the thing I would look, I think their offense will be fine, the defense will be fine overall. But the one thing is they just cannot get pressure outside of Nick Bosa. Like they got lost guys like Amenahu and Ebukam. Right. They haven't really been able to replace them. And Kirk Cousins was completely upright. Now Vikings quietly have a very good offensive line, and Christian Darasaw might be the best left tackle in football along with Trent Williams. And the Bengals do not have a great offensive line, but that's just one thing to notice. No, but I mean, by Jay. the way, Bengals coming off the bye. Yeah. Joe Burrow should be 100% healthy. T. Higgins also healthy. So they should finally have a full complement of healthy pass catchers for this matchup against San
San Francisco. Uh, Kareem Hunt also makes the hate list as well. Look, it's a tough matchup. Seattle much better against the run than I think they get credit for. They allow 2.9 yards per carry to opposing running backs. That is the best in the NFL, the lowest rate. Every running back that has faced Seattle so far this year has been held to under 80 total yards. Hunt's just, I mean, like, again, we'll, I think we'll see some Pierre Strong. Hunt didn't practice yesterday either as well, so we'll see. Maybe that was a veteran rest day, but I'm nervous about him. He's outside my top 25. I'm at just running back 26 this week. Kareem Hunt. And then finally, just to whip through this, guys, real quickly, Brian Robinson against the Eagles. You know I love my commanders. You know I love Brian Robinson. But, look. I mean, Chris Rodriguez is becoming a thing here. So it's now it's a three-headed committee. Eagles allow 49 rushing yards per game to running backs. That is the best in the NFL as well. Four straight games with under 60 total yards for Brian Robinson. The early game passing game usage that we saw hasn't really uh, manifested itself. He needs a touchdown because if he doesn't score a touchdown, it's single-digit fantasy points every game. All right. Coming off of a strong victory over Penn State, Blake's Nittany Lions, the Ohio State Buckeyes will aim to go 8-0 as they head to Wisconsin. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. We're going to break when we're back. Love-hate continues. Pass catchers, quarterbacks coming right up. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. I'm Cameron Decker. I'm Dion Hillman. I'm Quentin Johnston, and we're here at the Not Scary Farm for the 50th anniversary, and we're about to go through some mazes. Oh, yeah. That was not real. I was wrong the whole time. What's up, that dude? That was real. Look at Cure. Look at Who died first? I'll go second. I'm not dying I'm first. What? Whoa. Oh, hello. Bad, huh? Oh, what the f- my boy. Wow. I thought it was no cussing. I thought this I was it, a bro. no cussing event. I get it, bro. <laughs> I ain't too big. No, watch out. 
Wednesdays, the country gets chucked. Everybody's favorite killer doll is back. New episodes of Chucky every Wednesday at 9, 8 Central on USA, and uh, Sci-Fi available next day on Peacock. Wow. Wow. Spooky <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's quite terrible. Yeah. That's the most I've seen Quentin Johnson on my uh, television screen all year. Yeah, I, that's on the, that's yeah. the scariest part of it. It's yeah. uh, involved in the content, but... Need a little bit more on the fantasy front. Did yeah, right. one nice catch for 20 yards yes. against the Chiefs where yes. he looked like a guy a who was uh, taken in the first, the first round. first round pick. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen for Quentin Johnson. Mm. All right. Well, Maybe not this year. Yeah. Let's get into that Chargers offense right now. A little love-hate pass catchers edition here. The good news is, while it's not going for Quentin Johnson in the offense, it is for Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen has the Bears on tap, Jay, which pretty much a theme of this show is if somebody's playing the Bears and they're a pass catcher, fire them up. Yeah, and Keenan Allen has had a monster year already, but the thing with Keenan Allen is that the past two games, Justin Herbert has literally left like 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns on the oh, table yeah. for Keenan Allen, just with throws that are Justin Herbert's fault. He's just missed him, missed him in the end zone a couple of times, left basically a 70-yard touchdown on the on the field against the Cowboys as well. So there is more to come from Keenan Allen. Yes, he had a disappointing game against the Chiefs. Chiefs quietly have a top-five defense in the NFL. They're a monster to play against, and now all of a sudden he gets a very favorable matchup. I mean, that's the thing. It, right? It's not just us. Each of the last two weeks, there's been, a, in essence, a walk-in touchdown that Justin Herbert has just missed with Keenan Allen, despite all the production, like he actually could have had. He's got a 30% target share yeah. this season as well. And the Bears, bottom five in terms of touchdowns allowed to wide receiver. Obviously, Keenan Allen has at least one end zone target in four of the last five. So, yeah, he's my wide receiver six this week. He should be great and somebody to watch and enjoy. On Peacock and NBC Sunday night, I'm a company man. Good guy. And then you, and then you turn guy. on, yes. uh, and after that, then you turn on Chucky. Right. Look, I don't know if it's a good game or not, but here's what I do know about the Bears and Chargers. That'll be on Sunday night on NBC and Peacock. You can bet that game. Yes, you can. You can play fantasy yeah, around that game, time. and you can bet that game. So it honestly doesn't matter whether it's a good game or not because it's going to be interesting to you. Well, we stay hyping up the game because DJ Moore is hey, next on the Hey, be sure to cut that as list. a promo for NBC. <laughs> yeah, uh, Steven, do me a yeah. favor. Cut that. Send Save that over to NBC. I bet you they'll, uh, they'll want to play that quite a bit. DJ Moore, he's got the Chargers, obviously, staying in this game, and it's quite simple. Most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers this season, and DJ Moore uh, should get a lot of those easy targets, Barry, from Tyson Bajent. He should one. get all the targets, right. the easy ones, the hard no, no, ones, the medium the ones. Yante Foreman there, too. <laughs> I, I, honestly, Tyson Bajent has a 36.5% target share from Tyson Bajan so far this season. And you mentioned it. Chargers have not only allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers, they've given up at least 75 yards to an individual wide receiver in every game this year. So if you're telling me one wide receiver from the Bears is getting at least 75 yards in this game, feel pretty good that it's going to be D.J. Moore. He's yep. a top 12 play for me this week. And I think watching Ohio State games every week, it's a reminder that you don't need a great quarterback to provide value for a wide receiver one. Uh, and so I think DJ Moore, there's a lot of pitch and catch. He'll get a lot of screen passes. He'll be fine this week. Jay, how about Terry McLaurin? Comes in as wide receiver. Do, do you like how both Tyson Bajant and Ohio State catching strays there? So we're trying to talk up <laughs> DJ Moore. It was. Jay Croucher just saw this Just Kyle McCord catching strays. I'm Not just, Marvin Harrison, no one else on that team. Just I'm, Kyle I'm, McCord. But, and Tyson Bajant. You're like, you don't need yeah, a great quarterback. Sure. Oh, he's one and saying Tyson Bajan's a great quarterback? I'm saying he's 1-0. Okay, go bet the Bears plus 8.5. Uh, the quarterback half. wins, are you? Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. give it to him. He's 1-0. He's 1-0. Sorry, T-Bag. I mean, whatever. You, uh, you know, you, you, dra- you, you drafted Michael Thomas. I'm a Michael Thomas, and, and Najee Harris, Harris, Harris There's no exactly. more, no more so people I mean, allowed on this boat. No I think more. if I was Tyson Bajan, I'd be like, wait, 
Wait, Jay's player evaluation doesn't think I'm good? I think good. his average depth of target against the Raiders was two yards. <laughs> it was the defense game I thought it was an, an error on the screen. No, it's two yards. It's not great. We'll no, see. It's, That's it's hard to do. He got the W. Yeah. That is hard to do. All right, moving over to Terry McLaurin against the Eagles. He comes in as wide receiver 16. Jay and you know what um, McLaurin There's a in his joke in there somewhere. I'm just trying to think between T-Bag and average depth of target. I'm just I'm working. I'm yeah, keep it going. It. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about Terry McLaurin and you can work out the jokes. It all works out for everybody. You can jump in on George Kittle the next one. You've seen one hundred percent. And right. Jay, the story with the Eagles secondary right now, and they've dealt with injury, but they're a little vulnerable at the moment. They are, and we'll see what Kevin Byard joining that team sure. does. Whether that fixes the secondary. Now, to be fair to the Eagles, they were pretty good against the Miami uh, explosive passing offense. But yes, it's kind of flipped from last season where now this is a team you cannot run on but you can throw on them uh so the Avante Maddox going down for the season has hurt them so I think Terry McLaurin uh who should be trending in the right direction in a game that they are expected to throw a lot with game script uh he should be a viable locked in starter this week Matthew yeah I completely agree look even though Sam Howell is going to spend half this game on his back the fact is he's been able to find Terry McLaurin he has at least a 25% target share and at least 80 receiving yards in three of the past four games with Howell under center. Eagles have allowed 17 fantasy points to a wide receiver in every game this year. He'll see some Darius Slay, and honestly, more often than not, he's gotten the better of Slay. 85 yards in each of the last three games against Philly, dating back to last season for Terry McLaurin, at least 85. He's averaging 19.9 against the Birds. We expect the Eagles to be up and up big in this one. They should be throwing. Terry McLaurin is my wide receiver, 16 this week. Scary Terry on Halloween. Come on, boys. Does it get better than that? Uh, well, it doesn't get better for Sam Howell, who's getting sacked 5.7 times per game. Yes. And which is a record, which is terrifying. Obliterate he's, the record. He's not going to end the season this way. No. Jacoby Brissett at some point, unless he figures out how to get the ball out quicker. He needs and to against the Eagles pass rush. A bit worried about Sam Howell on Halloween weekend. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. You should... You know what you should do is um, just watch you know a bunch of Chucky on Peacock. Yeah, yeah, that I'm might be. Stay man. scared. Yeah, yeah, See what similar. I mean? Just like yeah, exactly. Maybe. Uh-huh. And, well, well, as scary as it is for uh, Great it's scary, very yeah. smooth. Yeah. 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 That was. Yeah. Peacock numbers. I've been soaring. up all night writing love hate <laughs> yeah. with no intro. No intro. That's, That's a crazy. Long time. Listen, sometimes we don't have our fastball, Matthew. Sometimes we got to get by on off speed. That's right. There you go. Throw curve every now and then. Right, just you, you just spit, hope, sweat, yeah. junk ball. Yeah, just hope exactly. They, hope they chase the slider in the dirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hope, hope they have a wide, uh, yeah. wide strike zone. It's been about the last five years of my career. To yeah. be perfectly honest, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Oh man, our Good next much. one here, George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes in as a top five tight end. Listen, for George Kittle's usage in this offense, Matthew, it's just on a totally different planet when Debo Samuel doesn't play. That's the exact thing. There have been five games over the last two years that Debo Samuel has missed. He's got a 24% target share in that game. So whether it's Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold under center for San Francisco this week, I like Kittle as a top four fantasy tight end this week. Bengals allow the fourth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They're tied for the second most touchdowns allowed to the position as well. And again, in the games in which Debo Samuel has missed over the last two years, George Kittle is averaging 18.7 fantasy points per game. Yeah, and you suspect with Sam Donald, if it is Donald in this offense, that the guy you're most comfortable going to is the shorter stuff with Kittle. Uh, certainly when Brock Purdy took over as the starter in the last season, Kittle was the guy that he really locked onto from the start. Wouldn't be surprised if it's the same deal with Sam Donald. Some others receiving votes. Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, Josh Downs, who we really like on this show. Kendrick Bourne, and for Thursday Night Football, Dalton Kincaid. Jay, who jumps out to you on this list? 
I think Dalton Kincaid's an interesting one. I was surprised on DraftKings. His uh, receiving prop is only 38 and a half. I think he goes over that. We'll get to our other best bets in that game. Josh Downs continues to be underrated. I don't think a lot of people watch Colts games is the issue, but he is putting up monstrous stats. Uh, and then Kendrick Bourne as well. Uh, he's a wide receiver one on an offense that might be not fixed, but certainly going up against Miami's vulnerable pass defense. I think Kendrick Bourne will be a viable flex option as well. Kendrick Bourne ways. has a 30% target share over the last two weeks. Yeah. 30%. I, I mean, you know, back-to-back games with at least 15 or more fantasy points as well. We expect them to be down and having to throw against the Dolphins. You mentioned Dalton Kincaid, 20% target share in two of the last three weeks. Again, no Dawson Knox, no Quentin Morris as well. He is the tight end for the Bills tonight against the Buccaneers. You mentioned Josh Downs. Saints allow the fourth most yards to the slot. So in addition to the fact that he's just getting this massive target share with Gardner Minshew, it's actually a really nice matchup for him against New Orleans as well. A couple of the guys that are on that list, Chris Godwin, who again plays tonight. Multiple red zone targets in four of the past five. Buffalo actually allows the second highest catch rate to the slot. It's a very narrow target tree in uh, Tampa Bay. It's really, it's Evans, it's Godwin, it's Rasheed. Rashad, Rashad, <laughs> Rashad, I keep wanting to say Rasheed Rice yeah, he's, uh, because he's on my sheet, sheet here, but uh, Rashad, Rashad White, White uh, out of the backfield as well. All right, two other names we mentioned there. Speaking of Rasheed Rice, Denver allows the uh, most touchdowns to wide receivers this season. They're tied for the team league. Rice actually leads the Kansas City Chiefs among wide receivers in red zone targets. Played 59% of snaps last week. Like Again, his role continues to increase on that team as well. We like parts of the Chiefs' offense. And finally, Christian Kirk, since week two, he's the 14th best wide receiver in fantasy football. Zay Jones being out has certainly not helped that. But six straight games now with at least 13.5 fantasy points for Christian Kirk. Steelers allow the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers as well. So Christian Kirk is actually my wide receiver 21 this week. Wow, with no buys. With no, no buys. Welcome back, Christian Welcome Kirk. Welcome back, Christian Kirk. Two first names. Always a crowd pleaser. Moving over to the hate list here. It's led by DeAndre Hopkins. He will be catching passes from what we think will be Will Levis, as much as the Titans have been leaking also that Malik Willis might play in this game. The bottom line is here, Jay, it doesn't really matter who's throwing in this Tennessee offense. It doesn't seem too pretty going into this game against the Falcons. No, and we talk about certain wide receivers who have a talent level where they are somewhat quarterback immune, someone like a DJ Moore. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is at that point of his career at this point. I think we're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry, a lot of Tajay Spears. They're going to be running the ball. Think back to Malik Willis's starts last season, even if it is Will Levis. Uh, against the Texans in particular, Malik Willis can't even remember the time he threw it. Just hand off to Derrick Henry, hand off to Derrick Henry. Uh, we'll see. Hopkins might catch a few balls if they are down, but certainly not comfortable starting. I mean, he's going he's to get a decent target share, but again, we just don't know what to expect. It's The Falcons are pretty good against perimeter-wide receivers. A.J. Terrell obviously has a big part of that as well, but no team in the NFL allows fewer yards to perimeter-wide receivers, which is obviously where Hopkins spends the majority of his time. Uh, then the Atlanta Falcons as well. Over-under is 36. Like, this is going to be an ugly game. This is a, this is a young way coup game. You know yep. what I mean? Like, this is just a... Uh, it's a time to load up Chucky on Peacock. I'm just exactly. Is this, is not a, this is not an attractive game. You know, another one, we talked about this the other day on Keep It Open, Close It Out, and we closed it out on Tyler Lockett, so no surprise that he winds up on the hate list as well, guys. Single-digit fantasy points in three of the past four games. No team in the NFL allows fewer fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers than the Cleveland Browns. And, in fact, prior to last week, which is sort of this weird, fluky game, and Pittman had the one big play, prior to last week, Cleveland allowed only two wide receivers, two wide receivers to reach even 60 yards. So I'm locking at 36 this week, guys, especially because 
We expect DK Metcalf back and JSN is starting to emerge. Yep, and even after giving up 38 points to Gardner Minshew and the Colts, Cleveland still statistically have clearly the best defense in the NFL. To your point, just random plays in that game. Like Gardner Minshew's running for touchdowns. Pittman turns a 12-yard catch into a 70-yard touchdown. Uh, I think that the Cleveland Browns defense will be right. I think they will too. And I think when you look at Lockett right now, there's just no sign of the big play from him, which we're so accustomed to seeing over the years. So you have to wonder... I'm not saying it's the getting, you know, he's declining, but he definitely doesn't look like the Tyler Lockett of the last five years. Do you think so JSN can outproduce him the rest of the way? Easily. Yeah. I mean, he drafted JSN in the first round. He was a guy that two years ago had 1,600 yards in college football catching passes from C.J. Stroud. I mean, it just seems like um, he was drafted to get a lot of volume, and he needed the first half of the season to get ready. I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks win that division with the Niners kind nah. of stumbling a little bit, with JSN trending up. Devin Witherspoon right now is I the, would be. I would still be shocked. Well, I don't know. The, I, 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 I'm not, I don't think it's out of the realm of question. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think the thing is, is that it was out of the realm of question a week ago, yeah, and now true. all of a sudden. Now, it's now a they're possibility. The, they're in the plus 400 type of range. Yeah, yeah. It's because of their defense. Their defense yep. is much better than people realize because of yeah. the young talent. Yep. yep. Devin Witherspoon right now is the number one graded cornerback by PFF not in rookies. the entire NFL. Right. In the entire He's NFL. Terrific. He is an absolute monster. All right, he's our, really good. Our next one here, a guy that's constantly mentioned with trade rumors, that is Jerry Judy, who has that uh, impressive Chiefs defense, of course. Judy comes in for you, Matthew, as wide receiver, 45, not producing, not getting much volume either. No, no. I mean, listen, it, I mean, obviously, if you're in a league where you get fantasy points for arguing with Steve Smith, Jerry Judy's <laughs> a first-round pick. But in a normal <laughs> fantasy a, league. First overall pick. Right, he's, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Exactly. Christian McCaffrey over there. Yeah, he really is. But you mentioned that Chiefs defense, Connor. Right, they're top ten in terms of fewest fantasy points and yards allowed to opposing wide receivers as well. So Judy, who has five or fewer targets in four or six games a season, zero ends on targets, didn't do anything the last time they faced the Chiefs a couple weeks ago when he did get into that argument with Steve Smith. He's wide receiver 45 for me. Yeah. And the issue is last time Russell Wilson played the Chiefs, which was two weeks ago, yes. Russell Wilson had 96 passing yards. Correct. This is an awesome defense in Kansas City, and that's been the quiet building story of the season in a way, and now their offense looks right as well, so they're the best team in football. Our last one on the pass catchers is Kyle Pitts. It feels like, guys, every time we say this is the breakout for Kyle Pitts, we really? come back to reality. The t- point total in the game for the Falcons and Titans is only at 36, as we've mentioned before. Kyle Pitts is not stacking together good weeks. It's just a blip on the radar here and a blip on the radar there. There's just no consistency. And we talked about this with Danny Carter last week, that even though Pitts was having these games where it looked like on the surface his stats were improving, he's just not running the same amount of routes as he was earlier in the season. And it just doesn't seem like, even though Desmond Ritter is putting up stats, even if they are empty stats, there's still just not enough to go around when Arthur Smith is so intent uh, on the Jono Smith life, Matthew. It's been better for Pitts recently. I mean, it's definitely been better for Pitts, but that's damning with faint praise. He's got one game this year with over 50 receiving yards. Desmond Ritter, throughout his career, and especially this year, plays a lot better at home than he does on the road. This game's in Tennessee. Titans have had two weeks to prepare for the Desmond Ritter experience. It's, they're pretty good defensively against tight ends. They allow the seventh-fewest fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. So, yeah, Kyle Pitts is only tight end 14 for me this week. Has Arthur Smith gone past Mike McCarthy in your coach dislike rankings? Yeah, because you know what? And I was going to do this tomorrow. I was going to do this tomorrow. Maybe we can wait for tomorrow. But did you guys see the no, quote on Twitter am. about, yeah. like, it's just like, ah, you know, I'm making fantasy managers. <laughs> he hates fantasy football. He hates fantasy football, <laughs> which, by the way, that's fine. 
You're allowed to hate fantasy football, Arthur Smith. I got no issue with you hating fantasy football. I have no issue with you hating fantasy people that reach out on Twitter that complain about you on Twitter. And I'm one of them, by the way. I got no problem if you hate me. That's fine. <laughs> and you should try to get the Falcons to win football games and not care about our fantasy needs. But, and Adam Levitan, my friend Adam Levitan, made this point on, on Twitter, which I think he spoke it so perfectly, which is just like, forget that. Forget fantasy football for a second, right? And I'm not sitting here saying I know more about football than Arthur Smith, right? He's probably forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But I don't think I'm way off base by saying, and this is, again, this is Adam's point as well, I don't think I'm way off base to say, like, the way you win football games is by using your best players. And I think, objectively, Bijan Robinson is one of his best players. Tyler Algeo is a nice story. He's a fifth-round pick. He got 1,000 yards out of a fifth-round pick. That's fine. John F. Smith, fine. But again... People that aren't fantasy managers have said Kyle Pitts is a generational talent at tight end. Bijan Robinson was the consensus no-brainer. Even though running backs are devalued, this is still a guy that's worthy of a top 10 overall pick in the NFL draft because that's how special Bijan Robinson is. So, yes, you can sit here and say fantasy managers, hey, you know, stop bitching. I'm not worried about you fantasy managers. That's fine. But how about playing the best players on your team? And if you don't think Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts are the best players on your team, well, that's a you thing. Like, I mean, you know, like, I, that's the thing. And, and for everyone that says, well, they're winning, yes, they are. They're four and three or whatever they are. That's fine. You know why? Because they have a top 10 defense with Arthur Smith doesn't touch. Yep. Their, their offense sucks. You know what I mean? Like, they're running the ball effectively. I give them credit for that. But, like, they're winning the games because of their defense, which is not Arthur Smith. And, and saying you should use your best players is not. Is, is, not is, not a, is, is, not, is not fantasy football. That's actual NFL football. And the last thing I'll say here is, by the way, I don't think anyone in fantasy or real football had a problem with Bijan Robinson's not right. He's not going to play. The issue is, is that we didn't know about that. And there's too much money involved in the NFL. Sports betting is legalized in gambling and a, a major partner of the National Football League. And the integrity of the game is really important to the NFL. I know this for a fact. I've sat in, in sessions with the National Football League where they talk about this over and over again. And so when you f f say, hey, Bijan Robinson isn't feeling right on Saturday night, and then you don't say anything on Sunday morning, that affects the partners of the NFL who have a significant amount of money involved in this. This involves fantasy players and sports bettors as well. Just tell us. Tell us, hey, there's a chance he can't go. Yep. Because, and that's why they're being investigated. Yeah, I think the issue for Arthur Smith is last year he did have a leg to stand on because I think they were getting by and performing relatively well with their talent. This year they've got the 25th ranked offense by EPA. Like, it's not a good offense. You're not having anything to stand on. So maybe do something different. Maybe use your best players, Arthur. Yeah, anyway, it's frustrating. Yeah, I totally get it. We're with you. And, and being lectured. We're no. being lectured. It, it's, I think the, the tone is probably the, the yeah. toughest part of it, I think. Yeah, so. I mean, like, anyway, go Titans. Tighten up. <laughs> Tighten up. All right, Tighten up. We'll close out the here kill him. with love-hate for the quarterback. Kill, kill oh him God. dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And we start with Justin Herbert against the Bears here, Jay. Listen, big point total here. Vulnerable secondary. Herbert really needs a good game. Yeah, possibly the worst secondary in football right now, the Chicago Bears. Uh, Chargers could be out there too. Well, yeah, Chargers are not great either. And Herbert, he's left a lot of points and yards on the table the past two weeks. I think he will be better for the run, uh, and he should be a monster against Chicago on Sunday Night Football. Prior to facing Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell last week, to your point, Jay, 
The Bears allowed over 20 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. They're tied for the second most touchdown passes allowed this season. I've heard her QB five. And again, like I think if he, there's been a couple of passes that he's missed, but another week fully healthy of Austin Eckler should be a great game at home as well. Another guy on my list, my love list here is Tua Tungabailoa, right? Again, I'm assuming Tyreek Hill is playing in this game, but since losing Matt Judon to injury in week four, Patriots are 25th in pressure rate. So Tua should have a really nice pocket here to find uh, Tyreek, to find Jalen Waddell. He's playing at home. Why does that matter? Because in three home games this year, Tua is averaging 22.6 fantasy points per game and 293 passing yards per game. He's my QB six this week. All the Tua. Jay, how about Jared Goff? Obviously a tough week against Baltimore, but looking like a bounce back against the Raiders. He comes in as QB8 for Barry. I think it's pretty simple with Jared Goff. If he's playing outdoors against a good defense, no chance. If he's playing (laughs) indoors against a bad defense, all well. MVP MVP candidate. And he's playing indoors against a mediocre defense. 22.8 fantasy points per game is exactly what he uh, averages when he's playing at home. As you mentioned, it's at home. By the way, Vegas 27th in pressure rate. That's the other thing about Jared Goff. When he has time to throw, he's great. And he's going to have time to throw. A couple others receiving votes, C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford. They all come in, Barry, as top 15 quarterbacks this week. Stroud and Lawrence inside my top 10. Past four weeks, Carolina allowing touchdown passes at the highest rate in the league. So, Stroud, it's my QB9. How about T-Law? Over the past four weeks, Steelers allowing league-high 14.7 yards per reception. Lawrence obviously using his legs quite a bit more. He's had kind of the mini-buy to get ready for this. And Stafford going against the Cowboys. I think a lot of people are like, oh, the Cowboys are so good. That defense has not been the same. Over the last four weeks, Cowboys allowed touchdown passes at the fourth highest rate. All right, let's jump into the hate list here. we got two names here. We'll start with Geno Smith. Jay's got the Browns. I mean, it hasn't been a great fantasy season for Geno so far. Yeah, and the thing with Geno is that he's not afraid of turning the ball over uh, and making plays that just aren't there. And I think against the Browns, that could be a recipe for disaster. I think he's going to get sacked a lot as well. He's been under 15 fantasy points in five out of six games this year. Hard to see him getting over that number against the Browns as four of the six quarterbacks to face Cleveland have scored under 11 fantasy points. I know Minshew had the crazy game last week, but that was kind of a fluke. I'm not seeing it there with Geno. Our last one, Barry, Russell Wilson. He comes in as QB 17. Three straight games with under 200 passing yards. He's got the Chiefs. One of the games under 200 passing yards was the game against the Chiefs earlier. Under 100. That that Jay mentioned earlier (laughs) in the show. 96 (laughs) yards as well. That's real bad. Chiefs allow the fourth fewest yards per pass attempt. Kansas City also allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Again, nothing that you saw two weeks ago makes you feel good about starting Russell Wilson this week. He's outside my top 16 this week. Boy, if they trade Cortland Sutton or, well, not really Jerry Judy. If they trade <laughs> Cortland Sutton, it's only going to get uglier for Russ in Denver. With that, we are going to take our last break. When we're back, it's last call. Thursday night football preview. Bucks, Bills, we got our best bets coming right up. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life did you if you could would you when we come through it's true magic because we came to play bring the magic at walt disney world resort i won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me emerge as you 
Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BARRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's time for Last Call, and we are looking at DraftKings Thursday Night Football Most Bet Player Props. Josh Allen passing touchdowns over one and a half. That's at minus 145 right now. <laughs> Dalton Kincaid receiving yards over 37 and a half. Josh Allen alternate passing yards, 225 plus. It's at minus 340. Josh Allen's actual passing yards is set at 261. The public likes the over, and Stephon Diggs receiving yards only at 87 and a half there at minus 115. Jay, anything you like from the public, or are you leaning a different way tonight? Leaning a different way tonight, Connor. Uh, I'm going with Baker Mayfield in prime time. Uh, yeah, what never, can go wrong? Yeah, it's never let anyone down. Taking Baker Mayfield over 228.5 passing yards. I don't think this Bills defense is particularly good in its current form. They're missing Trey White, Matt Milano, Daquan Jones. Von Miller still isn't at full go in terms of the snaps that he's getting. And Mac Jones just threw for 272 on them. A couple weeks before that, Trevor Lawrence threw for 315. I think Baker, as a nine-point dog, is going to be throwing a lot. I think he'll be able to throw with enough success with Evans and Godwin there. That he'll go over 228.5. Yeah, exactly. With all those big-name bills, I'm also going to the Buccaneers. But I'm with you, actually, Jay. I agree with you and your take on the Buffalo Bills' defense, right? I mean, so again, since Tredavious White went down, specifically in the secondary, the Bills have allowed at least 60 receiving yards to a wide receiver in every game since Tredavious White went down. So if you're telling me, hey, there's at least one wide receiver that's getting at least 60 yards tonight, who is it? And I'm thinking it's most likely going to be Mike Evans. His line is 58.5. Give me the over in that. He's hit that number in five of the six – sorry, four of the – he's played six games this year. He's hit it in four of the six. The two Of the two games that he didn't hit it, one of them was the game that he left early as well. So in four of the five healthy games he's played this year, Mike Evans has gone over this number as well. So uh, – yeah, give me 58-and-a-half for, for Mike Evans, who, again, to your point, they should be down, they should be throwing. I, I think this to one's too low on for him. To your point about the 60-plus receiving yards allowed by the Bills to receivers as well, it's not like, you know, the, they've played in that stretch. They've played Mac Jones and the Patriots, Tyrell Taylor and the Giants. It's not like it's A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson mm. lighting them up for these stat lines. It's a very vulnerable pass defense at the moment. 
And we've seen Mike Evans has been as hot as any wide receiver in football this year. Guys, I'm looking at the Bills side of things. I think there'll be points tonight. I'm going with the Bills team total over 26 and a half, and I think that's because we see an elite Josh Allen tonight. I also like his rushing over 21 and a half yards. Josh Allen can do that in two carries in the game. I think yeah. we'll see a lot of points for Thursday Night Football. I would agree with you. Just, you know, thinking about the public bets, you never like to sort of like ride with the public as, as it were of the most popular bets. But Not I will say I do, think, I do think the public is on to something there with Stephon Diggs, over 85 and a half receiving yards. Look, Tampa Bay has allowed 100 receiving yards to a wide receiver in four out of six games this year as well. He's averaging 97 yards per game this season. He's had over 100 yards in five out of seven games. So, like, I like betting on talent. Stephon Diggs is playing as well as any wide receiver in football right now. I mean, you could argue Tyreek Hill over him. You could argue A.J. Brown over him. But, like, it's a short list. Stephon Diggs is playing great, and we do think there's going to be points in this game. Yeah, and also, this is, this is like season-on-the-line stuff for the Bills. Everyone yes. just expects them to win. If they're down seven in the second quarter, all of a sudden you're looking at potentially four and four in the AFC. So I think that with the season on the line, they will be bringing out their best stuff, and their best stuff is Stephon Diggs. And one note on those public bets, Dalton Kincaid's over yeah. on receiving was the second most bet at 37.5. If you're going to bet on Dalton Kincaid tonight, take his alt and go yeah. plus money. It's, you can go to 40, you can go to 50. It's either going to be a huge Dalton Kincaid game, especially the fact that Dawson Knox is out. Uh, we'll see what Josh Allen can get going with this offense that has struggled a little bit. I like that. All right. It's closing time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Go read my intro, Less Love, Hate. For Jay and Connor, I'm Matthew. Happy Halloween. A couple days early. Peace out. <laughs> I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. It's one thing falling in love with a house. Picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.